calm the troubled waters of your soul. Oh, yes, Take your broken heart make you whole. When the storms of your life go dark and cold, He will calm the troubled waters of your soul. If your Go ahead, young man. 
I'm ready. Lord Jesus, we just come to you today, Lord God, thanking you for another day, Lord God, to live this life, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Lord Jesus, we just ask that anybody that don't know you, Lord God, that that you will show yourself true to them, Lord God. Thank you. And even those out there in the world, Lord God. Lord God, I ask that that you uh, show yourself true to the people on the prayer list, Lord God. Yes, Lord that, Jesus. that they would find their way, Lord God. And now, Lord God, I ask that you bless this offering to take it to the good of your kingdom, yes, Lord thank God. thank you, Jesus. Use it for thank what you, you will, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Jesus. Change things up a little bit than where we had planned. I know that shocks both of them. Par <laughs> for the course, brother. Yeah, he was really good. Instead of, uh, remember, Jimmy, I was going to have you do that song right before I talked today. Yes. But I'm going to wait and have you do that. Uh, I'll call you up at the end and have you do it. Okay. And then, Nathan, we will put that song you fixed. That's all I'm going to say. We'll put that on hold for next week. I'll be fine. You'll be all right. Flexibility pays off around here. Okay. It really does. <coughs> okay. Now that I have my voice recorder all going so I can protect myself against lawsuits. Amen. All right. You're laughing. You ain't the one to get sued. Yeah. <coughs> I want to make a couple announcements before we get started. I hope Travis is aware of the first one. Uh, Lori has actually volunteered to uh, host, uh, you know, we haven't had any midweek services at all. She's volunteered to host a midweek service from this point forward, and they will be uh, a, it'll be a hybrid service probably. Some of them will just be prayer services. Uh, some of them will be a, a Bible study, and other ones will be a mix. Uh, some have mentioned to me that they've never been in a prayer meeting before so I think what we'll do this week when we have our first service is I'll teach on that and then we'll we'll do that like we always do around here we don't ever teach anything without giving anybody the opportunity to apply it or put it in practice doesn't do you much good to have head knowledge if it somehow does not become heart knowledge um, now we'll have to since Wednesday night uh, I'll be doing the service the memorial service for Kevin We'll have to have that Thursday if that works out for, for Lori. Thursday good? Okay. And uh, we will nail the time down this week. Uh, all of you know that the Wells family and the Rapier family, we are at the, the uh, older area of life where things are a lot chiller than they were when you're young and you're raising kids. So the time will largely depend on what works for Nelson and Beth because they are still in that phase of life that I see way back down the road for myself. So uh, we'll figure that out this week and we'll have it as early as we can to give you some hope of having energy the next day. Uh, we'll figure all that out, okay? Uh, and then also, the Senior Center is closed uh, on Easter Sunday, which is next weekend, 
So just like we did last year, we'll have our resurrection service on Saturday. And then from that point forward, from this coming weekend forward, we will have our services on Saturdays from that point forward. There's a lot of benefits from this. One of them that I'm the most excited about. <clears throat> uh, how many have noticed, you may have not have noticed, but Hunger First right down here is closed. And that used to be where the homeless would go and spend the great majority of their day without having to worry about getting arrested for vagrancy. They could get meals there, uh, clothes, and now it's closed. So the, the segment of the population that can't take care of themselves now is largely just running the streets. And we're going to reach for them. And when we do, Saturday is a good time to give them something to do. I often, the one day I would wake up in jail the most, it seemed, was Sunday morning. So it's going to work out for a lot of good reasons, okay? Uh, so that'll start this Saturday. Uh, I believe it'll be at 11 o'clock. I'll find out tomorrow when I come in and talk to these ladies here. Um, and then we'll go from there, okay? So, <clears throat> first of all, I want to say I'm glad everyone's here. I have been in a service before where it was just me and Kitty. Remember that? It was a tough crowd. <laughs> yeah. We had church anyway, didn't we? We did. We had worship. We, uh, we, we, we talked about the Bible. We did. We had, we had church anyway. So I'm glad you're all here. Uh, I want to tell you that the Bible definition of a pastor is a under shepherd not overlord the pastor in the church is not supposed to be like when you play the video games and you get to the end of a level and you fight the boss I knew that would connect with a lot of folks right there like what is an overlord it's the boss on a high level in the video game that's what the overlord is that's not what the bible definition of a pastor is um, the job description for a bible pastor is under Shepherd. And what that means is, is he recognized that God is the shepherd, not a shepherd, not part of the pastoral team. He is the shepherd. That means every human being on this planet is one of God's sheep, regardless of where they are in their life as far as acknowledging that. Everybody is. Part of that also is that the pastor, uh, if he misses meals like he should, for the reasons that he should, if he prays like he should, then there will be times where God will just put it on him what to teach or what to preach. Uh, I asked Jimmy to learn a song a couple months ago. It tore me up for about four days, and I said, well, it wouldn't be fair if I didn't let it tear Jimmy up for a while, too. It worked on me. So I sent it to him, and he listened to it and sent back the, the, the emoji with the tears. You know, Thanks a lot, brother. So then I asked him to learn it, which made it even worse, I'm sure. Because uh, I told him there was going to come a time real soon where I was going to teach on the subject. And I'd been thinking for a while I was going to do it. There were several times where I said, that's what I'm going to do this Sunday. Be ready, Jimmy. And Jimmy, be ready. And be like, no, not this Sunday. Well, <clears throat> I got a call. Uh, I found out this past week uh, that Kevin, um, the young man that... He's been to probably four or five of our, our services here, been in service downstairs, um, that he had passed away, that in fact he had been murdered. 
Now, people would be quick to say, yeah, I'll bet with the lifestyle he was living. Well, that just shows you how wrong it is to make an assumption about somebody because it turns out he didn't lose his life over something in his life that was wrong. He lost his life over something that he did in his life was, that was the best thing a man could do with his life, and that's for raising a child that wasn't his own biological child. And he was murdered out of jealousy over that. So a man that fought demons and sometimes did not fight them at all, but invited them in like I did, did not die for the evil that he did in his life, but died for the best act of good that he had ever done. So I got a call. Uh, first I found out about that, and then, and then I got a call from his daughter, who if you all were in service the Sunday she came, I recognized that I knew her, but the last time I'd seen her, she was a child. Now she was a woman and had kids of her own. It turns out she was Kevin's daughter. And I can still remember the service downstairs uh, uh, preaching and watching one of his little grandbabies go over and sit next to him. And that whole service, Kevin had that papaw look. And uh, if y'all don't know what that look is, sooner or later you will. There's, you can't help it. It just happens to you and it's over with. So I got a call from her asking me uh, if I would do the service this Wednesday. And she said, because Book, I told you, I've known her for a long time. She calls me by my childhood nickname. Did you see how formal I am? Look, the kids that come in here, they don't need a, they don't need a, a formal zoot suit. They don't need a guy in a suit so fancy he can't let a kid with last night's macaroni and cheese give him a hug because he doesn't want to stain on his suit. They don't need a lady with a brand new outfit that's so pretty that she can't hug the same kid that didn't have an adult to wash their face that morning. Amen. When they come in, they're going to find out the preacher's name is Book. <clears throat> Believe it or not, that's easier to remember for a little four-year-old than Arliss. Uh -huh. I got stuck both ways, didn't I? <laughs> so she said, I uh, I want you to do the funeral book because he said you were his preacher. Mind you, preached to him told it five or six times. And then he said, and he loved the church. Now I want to point out to you that man never came up here and stayed at this altar for an hour. He never raised his hand and said, i got to testify about how much I love this little church. He never did any of that. But somewhere between the time he came in here fighting his demons and looking to carnal people like he's not getting nothing and why does he even come? He made contact with something yeah. to the point where his daughter would say, he said you were his preacher and he loved this church. So after that, you know, of course I agreed to. And then I went back on my phone and I looked at my text history with them. Then I remembered the day when me and Nelson stood in the doorway downstairs. What, Nelson? Hour, you think? And there was three or four different times, man, where he said, man, I'm, I'll come with you. We'll go to your house and I'll get baptized right now. I mean, he was right there, wasn't he, Nelson? And then... At the end of the hour, he just changed his mind. And it was then that God had brought this lesson back to me. And I've tried to shake this thing off, man. And Kitty, is, she's used to this by now. 
when something heavy will sit on me that God wants me to share, it'll sit on me for days before, sit on me the morning of. I mean, I went out yesterday when I went to the store, I bought her a dozen roses and some Oreos. <laughs> and I said, look, I just want you to know that the edginess you see in my face, it's I know I've already told you the last few days it ain't got nothing to do with you, but I just want you to remember it. I don't, I don't know a better way than flowers and Oreos. That's God saying. <laughs> then I sat at the table yesterday and I started to work on a message, tried to work on another one. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, this is going to be fun. This is what I want to do. Finally just closed it out, shut the laptop. Fine. <clears throat> So I'm going to do what God has been working me over on all week long. I want to talk to you today about an unknown balance. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. Better get ready, have this in mind. God gave glory, rainbow sign. It won't be water, but fire next time. Way back in the Bible days, Noah told the people. It's gonna rain. They didn't listen or pay him no mind. And when it happened, they was left behind. It's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. You better get ready. Bear this in mind. God gave no the rainbow sign, it won't be water, but fire next time. They tell me when the water began to flow, they knocked on the window, they knocked on the door. They didn't know just what to do. Well, you don't want this to happen to you. It's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. You better get ready and bear this in mind. God gave Noah a rainbow sign. It won't be water, but fire next time. Noah said, I'm sorry, my friend. God's got the key and you can't come in. If something don't happen to the heart of man, the same thing gonna happen again. It's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. You better get ready. Bear this in mind, God gave Noah a rainbow sign, won't be one.
want you to find Luke chapter 12 in your Bible. The cool thing about the day and age we live in, as long as you got a telephone, everybody got a Bible. Luke chapter number 12. Not yet. I appreciate your zeal. I want to talk to you today about an unknown balance. The most important account any person ever has is their account of time. I want you to imagine before we get started today, if on the day you were born, if there was some way for them to figure out how much money you would earn in your entire life, and they were to put that into an account for you, <clears throat> and you could start spending out of that account on the day you were born, and you could do whatever you wanted to with it all the days of your life. They figured out how much you were going to earn your whole life, put it into account, said, there it's yours, spend it like you like. But the catch is, we're not going to tell you how much you have. I wonder if that's the way it was today. How would your spending habits change today? If when you went into that gas station and that Butterfinger looked really good that you normally just get because you got a dollar and some change. I don't even know how much it costs now. Maybe it takes a couple. I don't know. But you got a couple bucks in your in your pocket and all your bills are paid and you're wanting that Butterfinger, so you buy the Butterfinger because you got a couple bucks in your pocket. But I wonder if you didn't know how much money you had left. If when you saw that Butterfinger, instead of buying that Butterfinger, you said, you know what? I might live to be 75 years old, and if I buy this Butterfinger today, I might not have supper when I'm 75. I think I'll skip this Butterfinger because I don't know how much money I got. So by buying this Butterfinger, I could be spending supper money somewhere down the road because once this account is over, it's over. They're not going to put any more money in that account. Such is your life. Such is my life. If you can think how drastically your spending habits would change if that's the way it was with money, stop and make it real today. That's the way it is with your time in this earth. And if your spending habits would change drastically, if that's the way it was with money, I wonder then how I should change my spending habits with my time. Because if it was money, and I don't want to buy that Butterfinger, because somewhere down the road when I'm 70, I'm going to want supper, and I might not have any money for that because I bought a Butterfinger when I was 12. That I wonder right now if I knew how big or how small my account of time was if I would continue to spend two hours on social media every day. I wonder if I would continue to spend three or four hours even every couple days 
on my video games or on my softball or on whatever my hobby is. And don't get me wrong, hobbies are great. You need to have one. Your family will love you better if you have a hobby. <laughs> it's better to hit the softball than to hit the family. Yes. You need a hobby. If you ain't got one, find one. Google it. You'll find something you can do. But stop and remember when you're doing that thing, remember you have an account of time and you have no idea what the balance is. So then I wonder how drastically our spending habits would change with our time when that becomes real to my mind because that is the reality. Something that seems so important today, if I knew today was the last day, it wouldn't even be on my list of activities. Some of the things I'm stressing about, about Monday or Tuesday or Thursday next week, and already on my mind and I'm dreading it, and it's stressing me out to where I'm not no fun to be around on Sunday. If I knew that I wasn't going to be here Thursday, I would stop stressing about it. Such is the reality of our life. Luke chapter 12, verse number 16. And Jesus spake a parable. Now this is just a story. The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. He was rich before his harvest came in and he got a big harvest. And the man thought to himself and he said, Hey, what am I going to do? I got no room to put all this stuff. And instead of thinking about the people that didn't have anything, he probably thought, well, you know, they can get out and work just like I do. If they ain't got nothing, it's their own fault. I got to take care of me and mine. Not what, you know, that's kind of what he thought because look what he said. He thought with himself, what do I do because I have no room to put my stuff? Oh, my God. You know the biggest business to get into in America if you want to have a good revenue stream? Buy a half acre of land and put storage shelters on it. Shelters, mm -hmm. listen to me. Yeah, I guess that's what they are. Put storage units on it because somebody going to want to rent that storage unit. And it ain't because... They, they just don't have time to put it in their houses because they don't have room to put it in their house. And it don't matter if they ain't used that thing in 15 years. By God, that's mine, and I'm not getting rid of it. Don't anybody look at your wife and be real bad time, fellas. <laughs> don't anybody look at your husband and be real bad time, fellas. We do it too. I, I expected it to be quiet right there. He said, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns. I'll tear down my storage unit I got that's now too small. And I'll build a bigger one. And I'll put all my stuff in there. That's what I'll do. And I'll say to my soul, soul, you have much goods. Boy, he had no clue what a soul is, did he? Your soul don't care about your goods. Your soul only cares if it's good. Oh, I like that. I just thought that's pretty good. I might be good again. Your soul is eternal. And if you were to ask your soul what it thought about your goods here on this world, it would say, I don't think nothing about it, except it scares me to death that you're going to be so obsessed over that stuff that ain't going to be here forever that you're going to neglect me and I'm going to wake up in the wrong place. So... You have much good. You know what I think it says? It ain't me, dude. That's all you. This man's soul didn't have nothing to do with all the goods it had stored up. If he would ask his soul what he thought about it, his soul would have said, you got enough. 
First of all, you had to go buy a storage unit because your house was full. Now you got to get another storage unit or build a bigger one because your storage unit is full when your house is full before you made the first storage unit. I'll say to my soul, soul, you have much goods laid up for many years. Take it easy, dude. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said, whoa. Soul didn't even get a chance to respond. God just stepped in and said, I'll cover this one. God butted in and said, fool. Mm -hmm. And we believe the lie that is spread in modern society. We shouldn't judge nothing. We're supposed to judge, but don't get confused between judge and condemn. Right. Don't get confused between judge and sentence somebody. Right. Look, man, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. But just because it walks like a girl and quacks like a girl, that don't mean it's a girl anymore. Right. <laughs> we all get that? I'll park right there if you make me. But, um, we all get that? Yeah. Uh -huh. There's a difference between judging which says you can quack like a duck all you want and waddle if you want to, but dude, you're in the wrong bathroom. Uh -huh. But we don't condemn. We don't put that person in hell. We don't write that person off and say they ain't no good. We don't write that person off and say they're just on drugs all the time. They don't think this is their church and they don't think Arliss is their preacher. We better not... But if there's ever been a day in society where you better learn how to judge what's right and what's wrong, it's right now. Yes. You have families. And you got to judge things, whether they're good for your family or not. Right. That's not even religion. That's what used to be common sense. But I'm not interested in what today's society's common sense is. Because it says, my family brought that on themselves. I did the best I could. They'll just have to deal with it. No thank you. No thank you. And I'll say to my soul, you done good, man. Take it easy. And God said, fool, this night, tonight, before the concrete foundation for your new storage unit even dries, and you begin to build on it, your soul shall be required of you. And that's some heavy terminology. There will be a day where every person's soul is required of them. What well, that's King James for God's going to take it back. I don't care what Darwin said. I'm sure I had relatives swinging in trees. They were horse thieves and got hung more than likely. But as ugly as I might be, ain't none of my ancestors monkeys. We have a soul, and it is eternal. Just as God formed Adam out of the dirt, and then the Bible says he breathed. And all of a sudden, that dirt wasn't just dirt anymore. All of a sudden, it wasn't just a shell anymore. But there was something eternal in Adam now. The Bible says, before God formed us in our mother's womb. I know none of y'all are going to believe somebody as young looking as I am is old enough to have a great grandchild, but I introduce she's my great granddaughter. But before God formed my great grandbaby, 
The Bible says that before he formed her, he knew her. That means that baby right there is the shortest removed from the pure presence of God of any person in this room. From the time she started breathing, the very first time she said, ah! I'm not so sure that that's from the slap on the butt or from the fact that they realize they're no longer in the pure presence of Almighty God anymore. And look at what I'm in now. The Bible says before God formed her, he knew her. Before he put her in my granddaughter's womb, he knew her already. That means the color of her eyes, that's not accidental. The fingers, the size, the toes she's wiggling right now, that's not accidental. That means the height that she's one day going to be. Yeah, there's some DNA in there, but guess what? The God decides all that already. He already knows. She knows how to walk. She knows how to make noise. And I'm quite sure she can wake the whole house up when she makes the right noise. Baby changes everything. <laughs> but as little and innocent and unable to take care of herself as she is, she has an eternal soul already. Already. And one day, none of us if things go the way they should in life, we'll be here when it happens. I'll long be dust somewhere. But one day, even her soul will be required of her. That means the God that knew her before he formed her, formed her and made her just like he wanted her to be and then chose her mother. It wasn't like them ping pong balls in the state lottery. They put all them balls in there with numbers and blow air through and they go everywhere and whatever one comes down, oh, guess what? That's what you get. Oh, no. God made her exactly the way he wanted her and then he found the exact mama he wanted to have her and he said, here. Thou fool, this night your soul will be required of thee. Then whose things will these be? Which thou hast provided. I have probably done close to 50 funerals in my 30 years in the kingdom. And I'm going to tell you a true fact. I'm not much one to glamour up stuff that ain't glamorous. I will tell you a true fact. In almost 30 years, 30 years, and probably close to 50 funerals, I can remember two times where the grown kids do not act like idiots. All of a sudden, kids who never had no time to visit their parents when they were alive, now they're in the house and they're fighting over what not. Yep. I'm telling you what I've seen with my own eyes. The preacher's in the middle of all that mess. That's why I tell people when they make a will, put it all in there, dude. That way I ain't got to fight none of your kids when you're gone. It's a true fact. And God asked this man, said, now who's going to have all your stuff? 
all that stuff that was so important. You piled it in your house, you bought a storage unit, then you wanted to build a bigger one, so you wouldn't have to pay for the storage unit. And you drove by poor people, you drove by hungry people, you went by people who just had a hard time through a pandemic and lost their job, and they're not on the corner with a sign because they're on drugs. It's because COVID hit, and their chicken bosses fired them, and now they ain't got a job, and they need to feed their kids. But you couldn't stop on your way to your storage unit. Turn to the right until you find the book of James. Well, that story ends by Jesus saying, So is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. James was, right? James 4. James 4, verse number 13. The unknown balance verse number 13 go to now that's King James for go on with your bad self <laughs> go to now all y'all that say today or tomorrow we'll go into such a city and we'll hang out there here and, and we'll start a business and we'll sell and we'll make a profit and then he says you don't know what's going to be on the morrow. Now, that's not saying we shouldn't make plans. But we should not obsess over them. We should not obsess over the things and goals we have for tomorrow or next month or next year to the point where we're not enjoying today and nobody in our life is enjoying us today. We should provide for our families. But if we work 20 hours and sleep four, we don't have a family. We have biologically related people that don't know who we are. Uh-huh. I've been preaching the same message for 30 years. It ain't new. I started preaching this. It was on cassette tapes. That tells you something. Amen. Amen. He says, you don't know what shall be on the morrow. What is your life? It's a vapor. Tell you what, I, I hope it's like some of them, if it is, which it is, I believe it is, I used to use this example, especially in the mountain area, like right now. Yesterday, all in a span of eight hours, I saw sleet, I saw hail, I saw rain, I saw the sun. Then again, guess what? I saw it all again. Sleet, hail, rain, sun. Sleet, hail, rain, sun. I said, we just had a whole year in one day. Woke up this morning, everything's frosted over, frozen. I walked out this morning to do the chores, have a little farm. Walked out to do the chores, and as soon as I walked out, I exhaled, and my breath went out in front of me, and it made this little cloud, and before I could walk through it, it was gone already. Such is your life, it is but a paper. I was like, dude, you're, you're as old as dirt. I know you don't have paper. Well, you know, had a couple. What, what, what he's saying is, is compared to eternity. Right. See, eternity never ends. Right. You pick one spot on this floor, got all these chunk marks on it, got all these scars on it, got all these scratches. Pick one. Look at it right now. That's your time on this world right now 
and all the rest of the grain and all the rest of the wood and all the rest of the scratches and all the rest of the gouges and all the rest of the lines between the boards, that's where we're going to spend somewhere. We are not the descendants of monkeys. We have an eternal soul. And God is saying that compared to all this, if you live to be a hundred here and still have your teeth and can eat corn on the cob, it's but a vapor. That appears for a little time and then poof, vanishes away. And then he says, here's what you ought to say. If the Lord will, we'll live and do this or that. I've got some relatives that uh, uh, live over in Ages and, and over around Harlan, uh, Kentucky, in Eastern Kentucky. And I've got a cousin, Vicki, uh, that comes to mind right away when I think of this. Because when she talks about something, she always starts it that way, Lord's will. She'll say it every time. He's driving me nuts. I never knew why she said that. And I, said, I, don't, I don't know, Willie. I mean, what does that even mean? Then I stumbled across this verse one day and I understood that somebody had taught her that you don't take tomorrow for granted. And what you say is, Lord's will, next year we're going to do this. Or if God wills and blesses it, we're going to try to do this this summer in our garden, God willing. Now you don't have to become obsessive about that. What that does is it keeps you in the right frame of mind. That tells us we aren't guaranteed anything. We need to bake the best out of what we have right now. I would rather be happy with you today and risk being miserable for the next week than be miserable with you today thinking we were going to have fun next week because I can make you miserable to somebody who said you're doing it right now. Well, I can't help it. I didn't write the book. <laughs> but if I had a choice, I would choose to be happy today. Even when I got the disconnect notice in the mail, I choose to be happy today because... I might not have to worry about an electric bill tomorrow. And if I'm right with God, that's going to be a good thing. But if I ain't right with God, I'm going to wish I had a late notice from an electric company tomorrow. Yes. An unknown balance. See, one thing that's happened today, every one of you here know, because we've shared our pain openly, We've asked prayers openly, and every one of you know that we have lost a granddaughter. And I was reading statistics. Statistics that show the suicide rates among children today. And it is higher than it has ever been since they started recording it. And here is why. We will leave the devil all the way out of the occasion. Here is why. Because today's society and educational system teaches that this is all you got and after this there's just nothing you just go to sleep and it's over they teach that it's a reset it's not a reset it's not a do over it's not a stop the train i'm getting off and i'm going to go to sleep and just not know nothing it is not we have an eternal soul and we need to start talking about that again. Because we have lost the value of life. When people place the value of their life on the expense of their home, when 
see them three times in a month and every time they want to talk about their new roof. We've lost the value of life. The value of life is coming home at the end of the day that you spend doing whatever you've got to do to provide for the ones you love more than yourself and you come home at the end of the day and they're there. That's value. When you sit down and eat together, whoever heard of such a thing? That's a rare thing today. You know what you need to do? You need to take a little hat or a little box and when you have supper, you need to start having supper at the table where there is no TV and you need to have a little box until everybody's cell phone's in the box. We're going to have supper. Amen. And if the kids sit there and pout or give you the dead look or the evil eye the whole time, oh well, you get it all the time anyway. That ain't going to stop you from eating. Right. After a while, guess what will happen? They'll start chucking that phone in the box. And if you forget mom or you forget dad, one of them's going to say, hey, dad, put your cell phone in the box. I want to tell you what happened to me today. Value. Value. Real value. Something that matters. Mm. And what you ought to say is if God wills, we'll live and we'll do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. Mm. By God, you see my new roof? Yeah, dude, I saw it last month when you asked me if I saw your new roof. Nice roof. You come see mine? It's a roof. <laughs> you rejoice in your boastings. And all you're rejoicing is what he said. I didn't say it. Evil. I'm glad you got a new motorcycle. I was glad six months ago. I don't want to come out and look at your tires again. Because of this, is what therefore means, to him that knows to do good and doeth it not. This one convicts me all the time. Those guys with the cardboard signs at the red light, I'm a sucker. Don't ever give them no money. I'm just telling you right now, do not give them money because if they aren't there for what they say they're there, if they're not there for food, they'll get something that's bad for them probably and do something wrong with it. But if you're close to the dollar menu at McDonald's, it won't hurt you to be five minutes late wherever you're going and go get a couple McCheeseburgers and bring them a bag and hold it out the window. If they turn their nose up at it, you know they like, take it home and eat it. But this verse right here is the one that motivates me. To him that knows it do good and doeth it not, to him it's sin. It's not sin to me. If I know to do good and, and don't do it, it ain't a sin to you if I'm that way, but it is to me. Even if I can't find a verse for it, if I know to do good and I just choose not to. This is the Bible. This ain't artless. This ain't no religion. This right. is right there in the book right. or on your... I guess it's a holy phone now. Just elevate from smartphone to holy phone. <laughs> to him that knows to do good and do it not, to him it's sin. Why would he put that after talking about time? Because I guess we're supposed to have some idea how to do good with the time we have. Huh? <clears throat> Turn to the right and find 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. Look at this. For all flesh is as grass. What? That don't mean it's to be walked on. All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is a flower of grass. What in the what? Okay, you know when you look out in your yard, some people hate dandelions. 
I remember when I first got into lawn care, it blew my mind that some people wanted me to come over and mow the yard, not because the grass was high, but they hated dandelions. It's like, okay, you want to pay me 20 bucks to mow your dandelions? I guess I will. Huh. But when it says that all flesh is like the flower of the grass, it's like how you look out one day and your whole lawn is covered with dandelions. And you look out there two days later and guess what? There ain't no dandelions. You know, the fascinating thing is, before they're all gone, though, they all look great. <laughs> Dandelions start off pretty, then they turn gray, then they turn gone. And the Bible is saying that all flesh is like that. That means all people are like that. I might live to be 80 years old. God help Kitty. <laughs> I realize, you know, it takes two once you get a certain age to allow things that just only take half of one. And I'm just talking about remembering stuff. I ain't talking about the chores. <laughs> I might live to be 80 years old. I might live to be 100. But even if I live to be 100, the Bible says, according to eternity and all the lines on this floor, that's like the dandelion that's out there today and gone in two days. The unknown balance. If it's that fast compared to... Look, look, it's not like it's that fast compared to eternity and we don't know about the rest of it. That means it, the, our time here is that fast compared to eternity and we're in all of it somewhere. Yeah. All flesh is as grass, all the glory of man is a flower grass. That means your glory. That means when you're at your best, you're at your strongest and your prettiest, it's still like the dandelion. The grass withers and the flower thereof falls away. I know that's right. Some of my sink every morning started out on my head. But, whoo! See, man, where's the encouragement in this? Right here. But the word of the Lord endures forever. That means you can stand right here in this point in time in April of 2022 in the Kingsport Senior Center and if you could stare off to the end of this world, if you could stare off to the when time stops and eternity is forevermore after that and look all the way down there, you still would not see the end of the power in the Word of God. Amen. What that means is the first man in our story today built all this stuff up that you should be able to draw from security from, but he ended his life before he had a chance to enjoy all that stuff, and that's the way of the world. That's the way the world is. You ain't guaranteed nothing. But when you invest yourself in God and making your relationship right with God and talking to Him and listening for Him to talk back and then doing your best to do what He talks back to you about, so easy that is. It means if you do that, what you invest in him is going to last you forever. 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 That means you wake up one day and look in the mirror and say, my God, where did that old man come from? Whatever you invested in him when you were young is still going to be there. Yes. That means when, when I come to die, Give me Jesus. 
I make up my mind to know him right now, and I have some warning of my time to leave this world, I'm not going to be terrified. I've been around a lot of people that were terrified when they found out they were dying. Now, that's never something somebody goes, yes! Those people are off the meds. But when you invest yourself in him, in a relationship with him, which is just saying, Lord, here I am. Look, I'm going to show you how easy this is. This ain't religion. This is relationship. Religion will block relationship. And relationship will empty your life of religion. I know that's right. It happened to me. I started out with a whole lot of religion. And then I started on a relationship. And one thing I found out in the last 20 years that we've lived here is the stronger I grew my relationship, the more that religion fell to the side. Until now, you wouldn't recognize me in my walk with God like you would have recognized me 20 years ago because now my walk with God is relationship heavy. And I'm not ashamed of that. I don't look back and apologize for nothing. I wish I would have done some things different, yeah. But I thank God I had enough sense to say, Lord, I want more of you. And if that means letting go of more of this, so be it. I just want you in my life. I want to be able to treat my wife the way that I should. I want to be able to treat my children the way I know you want me to. I want to live my life in such a way that when I come to die, I might not be happy about it, but I'm not going to be terrified. Because when you know him, and when you know it's real and you know you're right with him, it's like having a surgery. I've had so many of them, I could put the mask on myself. And they put that mask on you when you're laying there, and they say, start the alphabet backwards, which I can't do good when he ain't going to get me high. Start the alphabet backwards, and I see why it's. And the next thing is, I wake up, and something's changed about me. One of these days, it's going to be my time to come to die. And if I know him, I ain't going to be terrified. Man. I might not want to leave anybody behind. I might want to stay here a little longer if I could. But if it's my time to go, I'm not going to be terrified. Because it's going to be like having a surgery. I'm going to close my eyes here. And I'm going to open them over there. And this old man ain't going to be here no more. I'm going to be brand new. And the word of the Lord endures forever. The unknown. Balance. Last one. Turn to the right. Tell you easy I made it for you. <laughs> First John, chapter two. You're fast, dude. You got one of them smartphones. First John chapter two, verse number seventeen. We're going to start with 15. Sorry if you got excited. <laughs> Love not the world. Now, understand what this means. This don't mean you're not supposed to have fun when you go fishing. This don't mean you can't go down to the monster trucks and yell yourself to your horse. This don't mean you can't watch some guys in orange football uniforms and, and stand up and get all happy about it. And some people even paint their bathrooms orange. Glory. <laughs> 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 but when it says love not the world, it means 
Don't make everything in that world your life. That's what it means. Don't be consumed by it. Don't be consumed by the things of the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, oh, 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 this hurts. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. See, that means it's impossible to love both. That means sooner or later, hear this, sooner or later in your relationship with God, you're going to fall so much in love with Him that all of a sudden, something you've done all your life that never bothered you before, all of a sudden you'll be doing that thing like you did a million other times for 20 years, and all of a sudden you just something going to feel off. And you ain't going to be able to point your finger at it. You're not going to be able to say, well, book number this and chapter this and verse this says you can't do it. No, no, it ain't like that. How many knows when you started a committed relationship with your significant other, all of a sudden there were some things that you'd done a long time didn't bother you, that all of a sudden they started to bother you. And sometimes they bothered you only because it bothered your significant other. All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, pride of life. See, it's a recurring theme, ain't it? Lust of the flesh. That means it's always about me. Me, 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 me. Lust of the eyes. Oh, I gotta have that. Wait, dude, didn't you just buy the didn't you just buy a new five hundred dollar phone three months ago? Yeah, but they got a new one. Well, what does it do that your old one don't do? I don't know, but it's better the commercial said so. <laughs> well, what do you do on your phone? Well, basically I talk on it and play space with So you mean you don't use that other $450 worth of phone, but you just got to have it because everybody else does. That's what this is. Lust of the eyes, pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. And here it is. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. Now this is a couple layers of meanings here. One is, some of the things that used to be uh, the main priority for you when you was younger, all of a sudden now, when you in the middle of your life, they don't, it ain't even on your list no more. Ain't even on the list. Just passed away. And the lust passed away. That means you no longer even desire those old things. It's just gone. But he that doeth the will of God, this is awesome. See, here's where your hope is. But he that doeth the will of God, how's that in? Abides forever. So it would have been one thing, Travis, if it would have said, but the will of God abides forever. Well, duh. He's God, of course. But he didn't say that. But he said it's really cool. And hope for us, Lily. Because he said, he that does the will of God lives forever. That's awesome, man. <laughs> so okay then. He boiled it down real easy. It ain't all this list of rules a preacher give you. It ain't all this list of rules a denomination will give you. It's the will of God. But what is that? Well, ask him. Yes. <laughs> you know how easy that is? And what's awesome about it is every single person on the planet, no matter what they know about God, look, this will encourage some of you. And once you know me, it won't mean it'll be you. I will put it away. Every person on this planet, <laughs> stop worrying. Every person on this planet, no matter what they know about God or do not know about God, can ask God the same question and get an answer. God, what is your will for me? What is your will for me? Now, God might not talk back and say, Jimmy, if he does, tell me, dude. Oh, I will. 
That phone be ringing. <laughs> Jimmy Shine, Mel Till is on the telephone. Thank you. Some of y'all Google it. Yeah, yeah. Look him up. But God will talk back to every person and let you know what his will is for you. You say, well, how will he do that? Well, here we go again. There'll be some things that you've done all your life that never bothered you, and nobody can point at that thing and say, that's a sin, Amber. But all of a sudden, you say, God, I want your will in my life. You'll start to do that thing you've always done, and nobody can point at it and say it's wrong for this, but all of a sudden, it'll start to feel weird to you. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, you know what? I just don't, I'm, I'm out. And somebody say, why? And you'd be like, I just don't really know. I just ain't feeling it. Guess what? You're learning the will of God for yeah, you in your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on the flip side of that coin is a very cool thing. There'll be some things you never thought in a million years. You kidding me? I'm still at red lights. I stood at red lights in Florida with a sign and got money until I could buy a quarter gram of cocaine. So when I got in the kingdom of God, I wouldn't stop at no red light and give no dude nothing. Because all I saw was me. When I first started out and all I saw was me, it just made me think they're just slick trying to get away with something. But once I started with my relationship with God and started asking God what His will in my life was for me, when I saw somebody that reminded me of me, I started to feel sorry for them. Because I remembered how lost and undone and alone and miserable I was. And then all of a sudden it didn't matter that they were lying or not. I thought, well, I don't reckon that the crack houses are trading crack for double cheeseburgers yet. So I'll just go and buy a double cheeseburger and bring it back to the red light. That's when the will of God starts moving your life to have you do something you never would have done before. And I'm hard-headed, so God gave me Polly Pure Heart. So if I act like I don't see the guy at the red light, guess what my wife does? Hey! 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 What? What? <laughs> Jim, if you come and start to play softly, please. I got something I want to read to you. Now remember, here is the encouragement. Whoever does the will of God lives forever. There's people today playing, praying with beads, <clears throat> spending big money. There are people that kneel and crawl across glass. This is true. Google it. Because they've been told that's what you do if you want God to hear you. That's what happens when you go to a church where they don't read from the book and you believe whatever they tell you because they're the preacher and they do good things. But your Bible just told you do the will of God in your life, you live forever. That starts right now. You say, well, you know, okay. Anybody ought to be scared in here, I'll be you and Kitty. You're the elders. We ain't talking spiritual either, we're talking chronological. I want to read you some some statistics I pulled up at 6 o'clock this morning. You ready for this? Today in the United States of America, look this up. 
7,123 people will die today. 297 an hour. Five people a minute. One person every 12 seconds steps from this life into eternity. 12 seconds. You ready for this? See, yeah, they're all old people. One person every minute of every day dies by medical error. That means they went in to get their tonsils taken out and did not come home. There's an app, you can look it up. Just if you want to verify. I have a thing, I always say verify your preacher. Fact check your preacher. It's called the Worldometer. You can pull it up right now and it keeps a running list, doesn't it? It's current. And you watch the numbers go up. At 6 o'clock this morning, 41,100 people had already died. Some of y'all wouldn't even out of bed. At 6 o'clock this morning, 7,900 had already died of hunger. Today, not this year. At 6 o'clock in the morning. So that's all old people. So far this year, 2,065,932 children under five have died. Eleven million six hundred eight thousand three hundred fifty-six abortions have already happened by six o'clock this morning in the month of April. Notice they said only two million children under five have died, and the same people said eleven million have been aborted. I reckon they don't figure that it was children that were aborted, because it sounds to me like thirteen million under the age of five have died. Here in the United States, we have this room from 11 a.m. to 2 o'clock. That's three hours. 891 people died. Now, to make this real to you, the average between an adult or somebody Gabe's height compared to me with no height and children, when they average out their wingspan, it averages out to four feet. So in the three hours, 1,485 people died. And if they stood hand to hand, they would stretch 5,940 feet. 5,280 feet make a mile. That means four of the services over, there's over a mile of dead people. Lest you think this is all old people, Accidental deaths is the fourth leading killer in the United States. 466 people woke up this morning with no idea they would be dead before the day is over because that's how many people die accidentally every single day. Two biggest accidental killers, one that runs rampant in our section of the country, opioids. The other, car wrecks. I don't reckon anybody drove a horse here. Say, man, dude, I came here today, you know, I was looking for some encouragement. I was hoping to leave her day like, like this. Well, 
The last 45 services, you did. And the next 45, you probably will. But today, I have one mission, and that is to make you aware that you have an eternal soul, and there is no reset. There's no just stop, and it's over, and I'm asleep. There's not. And I need to make you aware that it's a simple thing to make sure that it's nothing to be afraid of. I hope you all live to be 100. But even if you do, when you do quit living here, you're going to be aware wherever you are after that. And the easiest thing is all you have to do is say, God, I'm going to hold you at your word. Your word says that if I do the will of God in my life, I'm going to live forever. So here I am, God, and whatever your will is for me, I want it. So start talking to me. See, it ain't about coming up here and saying, I want to join the church. No, no, no. That ain't how you join the church anyway. You got to be born again. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't about saying, I'm never going to mess up again. No. Well, it's not good to start out lying. Because we're all going to mess up again. I'll do that before I get home. Somebody cuts me off in traffic. All it's about saying, okay, God, look, that's awesome news. So I start feeling some kind of way about some things I ain't never felt before. I'm going to recognize what it is, and I'm going to respond to it. See how easy that is? That's easy. I'm going to make you a guarantee. And you can call me and come beat me up if it don't happen. I don't like it beat up, so I wouldn't say that either. If you'll make that prayer today, not I'll never mess up again, not I'm doing it in church, but if you'll say, God, I'm listening for you. When I feel some new kind of way about something, I'm going to respond. Guess what will happen? You respond the first time, it'll happen again. And it'll happen again. And every time you do, you'll see your life get better. All of a sudden, you'll realize, you know what? We don't fight as much as we used to. All of a sudden, you realize, you know what? It's a lot more peaceful around here than it used to be. And that's because you are walking into God's will for you. Now, I want Jimmy to play this song, and this is Dirty Pool. But I want you to listen to these words. And if you want to come up here today, here's why I'm not going to do this. You ready, Nathan? I warned you about sitting up front, so it's your fault. <coughs> you decide you want to come up here today, not to tell me anything, but just come up and tell God, God, here I am. I want to live forever. I want you to live my life. I'm going to be listening. If that's what you want to do, I'm not going to walk up to you and grab your forehead and give you whiplash. I'm not going to get in your ear and start screaming. I'm not going to stand in front of you and spit in your face. I know I'm not the only one who had that experience at all. Mm. You know what I might do? I might just come behind you and not even say nothing out loud. Just so you know, you ain't gonna say by yourself. And that's all you gotta do, God. I'm listening for you. I want you to listen to the words of the song. Go ahead, dude. In the time that you gave me, did I give all I could give? Did I live all I could love? Did I live all I could live? Was my faith in your grace strong enough to save me? Did I do all I could do with the time that you gave me? But I'll never know until it's over. Oh, I'm
Yet I do all I can do with the time that you gave me. In the time that you gave me, did I face the devil down? Did I make him turn away? Today is the day that you decide to take me. What did I do all I could do with the time that you gave me? straight from the path I might have gone a little crazy Did I do all I could do with the time that you gave me When the sands in the glass run out it won't If I did all I could do with the time that you gave me, how will I know till it's over? I'll fly on your shoulders. I might have strayed. Did I do all I could do with the time that you gave me? Jesus. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes for a minute. I normally don't do this kind of thing. I just feel impressed to do it today. Nobody's looking around. Now, with the knowledge that I pray for you every day already, if you need a little extra prayer this week, I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand right now and put it right back down. Okay. 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 Good. You can put it down. If you need a little extra prayer this week to, to help help you be able to listen for that will that God's going to speak in your life. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Put it right back down again. Okay, good. Good. You can put it down. Lord, I thank you today. Lord, I thank you, Father. I, I like to think that, that you've given me the, the talents and the gifts to be able to to make exciting speeches, to be able to preach things that, that make people get excited and want to cheer. And I thank you for that, Father. But I thank you, Lord, that you love every person in this room enough 
and you trust me enough to give a very real, blunt, dramatic, true word, Father. It's not easy to give and it's not easy to hear, but it's important and I thank you for that. Lord, you knew every person that was going to be here today. And I thank you, Father, for speaking to us. Help me, Father, to have better spending habits with the account that I have no idea what the balance is. Help me personally, Father. And then this week, Lord, I ask you to speak louder than you ever have to all of us. We want to do your will and we would live forever. So I ask you, Father, to speak to us louder than ever before. Any of our behaviors, God, that that's don't like and you want us to stop, then when we do it or we say it, then let us feel that, God. And, and when we do, we'll do our best to stop it because we want your will in our lives, Father. And Lord, you can trust us to, to give us an urge to do something that's out of character, to do something that we've never thought twice about before, Father. You can trust us to do that. And when you do, we'll do our best to obey it, God, and respond to it. Right now, Lord, I pray for every person here. I ask you, Father, to lead us and guide us all week. I pray for Kevin's family, yes, who eternity has become real to today. I pray right now, God, that you would help me on Wednesday to encourage them to make the fact real that one day it will be our turn, but also we can be encouraged, God. And I ask you to bless your people here all week long, Father. Walk with us, talk with us, lead us, and guide us. I ask you to keep our hand upon us, God, until we come together again. Everybody said in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I thank you for your toughness. I encourage you to go home and study out a little further for yourself. God bless each one of you. Thank you. are here today. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. If there's somebody you don't know and you don't want to keep it that way, feel free.